5-4-3-2-1. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about slow marketing today, mostly. Uh, I think it's going to be good. I think it really is. So hang on. But first, I wanted to show you a product that came out about a year, year and a half ago. And it's designed to replace bubble wrap. Let's just show you. This is, it kind of looks like, it kind of looks like a beehive. And protect products through shipping, through moving other things instead of using plastic bubble. Instead of bubble wrap. Okay. Cushion lock is an advancement. And you roll it out. There's a dispenser uh, over here. Protection. But you pull it. Fundamental technology developed at 3M. And I think all three. And it gets three dimensional. It starts from a very sustainable way and then it ends it's recycled paper recyclable to then become new recycled paper and we also save space one truck of cushion lock would be 10 trucks of plastic bubble it's one tenth the size and before you use it see how it rolls up real nice real nice and tight unlike bubble wrap uh really dense before you use it and then it expands um, at your house. we sort of just started scratching the surface on what we can do with these kirigami based solutions we have a whole family of technologies we've developed inside 3m Look at that. i think you can just and it's interlocking that, so that, that you don't need tape pushing the boundaries it, and, and developing keeps new it technologies together. that are anyway i i have yet to receive a package that uses this never seen it before I, youtube posted it up i don't know why and i looked on the internet and i found some press releases and things from about a year ago but I haven't seen one article that's a genuine article that says this is a good product. This is something that really works. I, I just have not seen that at all and uh, haven't received any of it. It seems like a great idea. Uh, when, when 3M started with Post-it notes, you know, Post-it notes, when 3M started with Post-it notes, nobody thought it was a good idea. Nobody, nobody at 3M really. The guy who invented it was looking for a way to mark up his hymnal at church, but it wasn't his hymnal, it was the church's hymnal. And so he didn't want to make notes on the music in the hymnal. And he thought, well, what could I put, how could I attach a piece of paper? He didn't want to use just scotch tape because he thought it might tear. And so he went on a quest a long, a long time trying to find just the right measurement of adhesion so that it would come off easily but it would also stay stuck a little too too little and it falls off a little too much and it tears the paper and so it's been they spent a lot of time working on it and finally um and if you buy non-genuine 3m post-it notes this is a non-genuine 3m post-it notes it's from uline it was nice of them to send it to me. That was from a sales guy. I bought some product from him. And uh, but but if you get if you get fake ones, knockoff ones, you'll find that they don't stick. They don't stay stuck. Um, so anyway, it was like, well, this is not a product anybody needs. Who would need this? Well, it turns out that the way they launched it was to send it out to businesses all across America. Just send it to the office manager and let them use it and that when they started using it they said hey this is really handy this is a way to you know label all kinds of things and keep tasks straight and their whole project management schools that are just around post-it notes and so i think this product needs to be 
needs to be shipped out to pro to to uh, to warehouses and maybe and maybe more, so that people realize that this is much more a much more sustainable product than uh, than bubble wrap. I'm a big fan, or even packing peanuts. I think New Jersey just banned uh, styrofoam or po expanded polystyrene packing peanuts, and so. Uh, it's really it's really a good thing that needs to be promoted, and I can't figure out why none of the uh, none of the e-commerce magazines have picked up on this and written a story. So, um, you know, paper is recyclable. It's the only thing really that is getting recycled. Only 10% of pack of plastic is getting recycled, but paper largely is recycled, and that makes mail more sustainable then digital digital all gets thrown away instantly it's just burning electricity that's all digital does right and burning electricity in this today in this day and age means burning carbon anyway so i'd love to hear if any of you have tried this if you liked it i couldn't find a good review i couldn't find any good uh i couldn't find any good articles on it at all uh just nothing amazing i, I don't think the the name is very good uh, 3M forward cushion lock overview video. Hmm. Cushion lock is okay. I, I don't think it gets across the sustainable part. Bubble wrap is so much better than than cushion lock. <coughs> it's a wrapper. It's a wrap. Should have been paper wrap. Made more sense. Anyway, I enough of that, right? We got to get off this thing. Okay, let's get over to the news. Uh, there was an article in the business journal today or yesterday that quad plant closings elsewhere they've closed about four plants um plant closings elsewhere benefit wisconsin and uh i couldn't get at the, the article without paying for it didn't seem that important there's joel quadrachi and but it said a series of quad graphics inc plant closings will save the company millions of dollars per year and shift work to the company's plants. Now, I did talk to a VP up there at Quad, and um, he said part of the reason, the main reason for closing the plants was that the centralized printing in Wisconsin enables better postage rates because they can optimize every, you know, what they do is they, they can put multiple catalogs together, for example, and they can, and they can, increase the saturation so if there's three catalogs going to one house they can mail that as one piece i don't know if you understand that um and they can truck all those pieces to one sectional center facility that's a three-digit zip code but basically they can they can ship them for the post office low at lower cost but even when they charge the customer for it the customer pays less okay if there's a full truck going to utah or something then if a, a catalog prints a few hundred thousand in in california and a few hundred thousand and 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 they're sending just a handful to the other side of the country it also takes a long time so wisconsin is central it's a good place for printing it's one of the world leaders in print uh, and it has been for a hundred years okay this is a great article that i i, I stumbled on from from uh, bm magazine uk i think that's what it is bm magazine uk okay that may mean something different in the uk but 
it says what marketers can learn from the slow food movement. Okay, so it turns out that there's a movement in northern Italy called slow food, and they've got a snail on it. I think it might be a great rod. I want to get reach out to Roger and see if he's you know wants to create a slow marketing <laughs> with a snail on it or something like that. You know, he even mentions snail mail, but he doesn't call it that. He calls it direct mail. But I think it's lovely. Uh, marketers, take a cursory glance online and you'll be inundated, true, with assertions that marketers need to move faster, be more agile, respond to technological changes at breakneck speed. You know, there was an article just the other day that I featured that was about, um, it was about, uh, AI and have, if you don't and it would have been better to spend 20 million dollars on AI than 20 million dollars on the Super Bowl. Well, if you spent it on AI, probably nobody would know. At least with the Super Bowl, somebody might get it that you have a brand and that you have something to sell. So it's not quite the same and you're starting from in the hole in AI because people don't know what to do with it all and how to make money with it and even more so because it it tickled into my field, which is how to make money with data. It suggested that if you had enough AI, you would make money with data. And that is a lie. That's a super lie. You know, that's a little bit like AI looking in your refrigerator and deciding what you should make tonight, uh, which is a thing. But it's not a thing I want. <laughs> and I don't know, you know, it, people are, it, it's, <laughs> I don't want it looking in my refrigerator. <laughs> Okay, in this frenzy, we're missing something fundamentally important. Or are we missing something fundamentally important? Does this push for speed leave businesses less effective? Of course it does. You know, the business landscape is littered with companies who embrace technology only to go under. Um, my dad grew up with a, he had a mechanical engineering degree and he grew up with a, a guy um, who built, the, he, he the guy and his dad bought one, uh, they, they bought some machining equipment and they started a company and they made multiple spindle drill heads. So uh, if you wanted to, to you know, like, a, like a, an engine block has lots of different holes in the top for the oil to go and for the rods to go and for all kinds of stuff, valves and everything else. Okay, and the cylinder holes. And if you wanted to make that, you know, with a hand drill, drill a bunch of holes in this size, then you take out the, the drill bit, drill a bunch of holes in a different size, you know, and you do a step-by-step -step process. But if you wanted to automate that, you know, you'd, you could, you could pre-program a machine to drill the holes in the right place, but you still have to change the, the drill diameter, right? Uh, and maybe the materials or something else. So this company invented a way to have uh, a whole carousel of drill bits that could drill so that you just change the bit by rotating the carousel. Anyway, too complicated. So, so anyway, uh, he passed away and his son took over and the CFO of all people convinced him that he had to, they had, that, that the computerization was going to be everything and he had to computerize all of the production. You know, this is one of those high quality German craftsmanship companies but he was going to computerize and uh that 
one step alone basically took the company under went out of business and vanished from the face of the earth great company it's called wisconsin drillhead uh, that's how i heard the story and this was decades ago my dad told me that and how how sad it was that somebody thought that computerization was that important and people have been claiming this magic wand for literally decades and decades and i've watched it happen and sometimes it pays off but not very often not very often does sort of hyper animation uh, automation pay pay off it's very very challenging very very challenging i mean you still see you still see boeing with with an army of people marching around building airplanes and uh, the most automated plants, of course, are probably the automotive plants. But that's not the same as most of us have, most of us do, right? There's a lot of variability there. There is a place for automation. There's a place for computers. But you have to be pretty skeptical. That the, the track record is not that great. And so going back to the article, uh, there's a movement called the Slow Food Revolution founded in rural northern Italy as a response to overproduction and the poor nutritional quality of fast food chains. <clears throat> I watch a farming show and they said 80% of the nutrition is lost by the time you buy something at the grocery store. I'm not sure that's true. I don't know. <clears throat> but it was an interesting statistic. It says maybe if you don't want to have a garden. The funny thing in Wisconsin where I live is when we had a garden and we like tried to sell stuff at a roadside stand, there were like five other roadside stands. <laughs> so it's not that hard to buy from your neighbors who have gardens. <laughs> and they have extra. <laughs> they all have extra. <laughs> they don't know what to do with it. <clears throat> it's a distribution problem. Okay. But what can we learn from that? Well, what about value, volume, and market? Oh, value over volume in marketing. <clears throat> The slow food philosophy values food prepared with care and consideration that fosters a, a sense of deep appreciation in diners. It sees that the food itself is truly significant and time invested in the best ingredients and the most careful preparation and the time taken to enjoy all combined to create a wholly better experience. Simple and authentic. The style consultant said to me the other day, why did, in the world did you go to, into marketing? It's so much fraud and hype and misinformation I said I thought I could change the world so now in an analogous way if we look back at old-school marketing interesting that I'm working with old-school marketing and what they're about and I know you can't probably see this but what they're about they sent me an envelope I wish I could, there was a way I think there's a way I can't see yeah here okay they they sent me an envelope with a handwritten address on it and a first-class stamp, is that the stamp side or is this the stamp side there? First-class stamp, and it got me to open it. How crazy is that? Old School Marketing is the largest handwritten marketing company in America. Disclosure, they're paying me not to say it, but they are a WDMA member. Um, and so we're testing some things, and it's fun. It's been fun looking that, working on that. And it takes a while to figure out what is appropriate. Uh, because some people get complaints and they say, well, you know, this isn't really from a person. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, it sort of is. It's, it's from me to you. And at the end of this article, it makes the point that uh, it makes the point 
that marketing, the trust has eroded. Here, this is really good. Marketing is our connection to our customers, a precious link from our minds to theirs, not something we should treat lightly. You know, one of the reasons I love the catalog industry is because, you know, a company like Land's End, you know, I was in the, a back room of Land's End one time, um, waiting for somebody to come and open the library. Uh, I was working with them on some stuff, and I overheard when they were going into bath products, towels mostly was in them. I overheard a meeting <clears throat> with a new vendor, and they were telling them, you know, we really do care about our customers, and we really do honor our guarantee. We're not going to tell you how to make bath towels. We don't know how to make bath towels, they said. But we're going to stand behind that bath towel till it wears out. <laughs> and if the customer doesn't think they got a value for their money and send it back, we're going to be in a lot of hurt, and so are you. <laughs> so we want you to think about how you can make a really good value bath towel. Not extra bells and whistles, but good product. So land's end, right? Land's end every day almost. And that is what the catalog business is based on. It's based on companies that stand behind their products, not for the next 15 minutes, right? But for the next 15 years. And customers do take advantage. We actually built a variable to figure out how, who not to mail because they keep sending stuff back without good cause. So, you know, eventually we'll try to keep, keep that to a minimum. But that said, it's that long-term, slow, slow approach that makes things authentic and valuable. And so marketers must stop overproduction of low-quality ads. Instead, take the time to craft visuals with charm and intelligence, thoughtful messaging that truly resonates with the target audience. Mail stuff you, you would want to receive. Okay, testing corner. I've been trying to get this... 120% increase in checkouts with one key strategy. Okay, the e-commerce shop, uh, shopping site Shopee Shoply, found out that customers that had their app uh, were much more likely to make purchases, and they like to make purchases on the app, not the website. The app traffic converted 20 times better than their website. Okay, so how do they get people to go to the app? What they decided to do was change their links so that instead of their links going to a landing page, the links went right to the, like hyperlinks, they send users straight to the specific in-app locations, in other words, to the product, right, instead of a website. And if they were signing up new members, I'm assuming they were using a Perl, which means that your, your application to join Shopee was already pre-populated which makes it easier for the customer, okay? So I don't know exactly what deep links are, but uh, before implementing deep links, only 20% of their customers landed in the app, and it resulted in 126% improvement in the, in the overall shopping, I guess. Anyway, have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Make a comment. I'd love to hear... I, I even love when people argue with me. Bye-bye.